This is Unhappy, the podcast series that deconstructs happiness. I am your host, Christian Savard, and I am turning happiness inside out to look at it for what it really is and find out how you can get more of it. On today's episode, we are going to be exploring the historic origins of comedy and how comedy has evolved to be a weapon for social change in the modern day. Comedy makes us happy because it makes us laugh, but oftentimes it is used to make the unhappy parts of everyday life in society relatable to an audience. Comedy brings to light truths that cannot otherwise be expressed without the use of humor. And by using comedy, people can influence change on serious social issues. What makes something funny? Ancient thinkers throughout history, from Athenian philosopher Plato to French poet Charles Baudelaire, have analyzed humor and its effects on audiences to find the answer to that question. It all comes down to three key theories, relief, incongruity, and benign violation. Now, stay with me, they're not actually as complicated as they may sound. The theory of relief comes from Austrian neurologist Sigmund Freud, who believed that there is a buildup of tension in a joke or humorous scene, and that humor is related to the relief of this tension. For instance, a comedian can be talking about a taboo subject, which builds tension, but the punchline relieves that tension, resulting in humor. Incongruity just means that something is out of order. A good example of this is our expectation versus reality. This is something people inherently find humorous. And benign violation is referring to factors that must be present for effective humor. One, violating some kind of normality in society. Two, a safe context in which the violation happens. And three, the interpretation of the first and second factors by the audience. Essentially, the violation must be harmless. In the present day, research on the effectiveness of humor has been used toward social activism, advertising, and even political speeches. But comedians have been applying these methods of humor for centuries. Just like our modern world, humor wasn't just used for entertainment, but also to express controversial truths in an acceptable way and influence social change. Welcome to ancient Athens, where it was the theater that influenced the opinions of voters in democracy. In the genre of ancient Greek comedy, two sides would be pitted against each other in a conflict, performed as a political satire by comic poets. These two sides were often divided into a representation of a youth and the conventions of his society which he struggled against. As the youth finds himself constricted by his lack of authority in society, he must therefore take action against authorities 
which resulted in humorous scenarios. These political satires used comedy as a means by which to portray social institutions as corrupt and to persuade public opinion in a safe way. The parody was also used, which critiqued social authority without openly condemning it. Sound familiar? Comedy, as it is defined as a genre today, is still directly influenced by an ancient dramatist known as Aristophanes, born in 446 BC. Aristophanes was a political satirist, and the major personalities and institutions of his time were what he criticized as a comic poet. This old comedy, as it has been termed, has taught many European writers through history the technique of masking political attacks as comedy. William Shakespeare is one of the most influential writers in history. The plays of Shakespeare's first folio are categorized into comedies, histories, and tragedies. Many of these plays revolved around the lives of political figures in authority, including kings and queens, and criticized many aspects of authority and society. In Macbeth, the titular ruler falls into conflict and madness as he seeks power over his realm instead of servitude to his people. Power is corrupting. In Othello, a white man named Iago acts as the antagonist to a black man named Othello, due to Othello being of a higher status than Iago. Privilege and prejudice are brought to light in this work. The most outright political of Shakespeare's plays was Coriolanus, which depicted how a leader's power comes from the people, and that if a leader turns out to be unfit to lead, the people have the power to take down corrupt authority. Likewise, Richard III is a cautionary tale of how complacency of the people can result in corrupt leadership, and offers audiences the lesson of resistance. Flash forward to the 1960s, when American comedian George Carlin opposed the puritanical expectations of American society at the time. In an attempt to reach a new audience, he included topics such as America's strict regulations on language and sex, drugs, and the conflicts of Vietnam in his comedic performances. But it wasn't until a decade later that he saw a response from American audiences. His no-holds-barred comedy eventually resulted in a lawsuit taken to Supreme Court. The case was called Seven Dirty Words, and had to do with obscene language used on television. The verdict of this case, in turn, resulted in what we now know as Family Hour on network television.
The 1980s as an era was called the stand-up boom, but was also an era of trailblazers, with Eddie Murphy, George Lopez, and Whoopi Goldberg being just some of the first people of color to make their names in stand-up comedy. Whoopi Goldberg has gone on to be one of only a handful of female actors to win at least one of each of the four major awards in the business, racking in two Grammy Awards, one Oscar Award, one Tony Award, and two Emmy Awards. When Ellen DeGeneres, the first woman to ever be invited to perform her stand-up routine on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, came out as a lesbian on her own national sitcom in 1997, she paved the way for comedians to openly express social issues surrounding sexism and homophobia. Despite initial backlash due to prejudice against gay people in the late 1990s, Ellen DeGeneres has become a household name. Advocating for LGBT rights, anti-bullying, and animal rescue, Ellen DeGeneres changes hearts and minds daily through laughter on her award-winning daytime talk show. Who would have thought that anyone could do something as controversial as coming out on national television, and yet go on to be one of the most successful leaders for social change in the Western world? That is the power of comedy. A lot sure has changed since the times of ancient Greece. Culture and society has become what it is today, and we have advanced technologically with radio, television, and the internet. And for each advancement, a new way to express comedy. Saturday Night Live produces satires and parodies in the form of comedy sketches. Television shows like Comedy Central focus on stand-up comedy. But the use of comedy however evolving, as a means by which to fight for social change, remains the same. Comedy is a catalyst for social evolution. It starts the conversations that we can't have anywhere other than on the stand-up stage, in the theater, or on the screen. It gives us a way to safely express ourselves on even the most controversial of topics and persuades audiences to take action by delivering hard truths in the funniest ways. Political satires and parodies shed light on the very real flaws of our figures of authority and social conventions, and have been influencing the political engagement of audiences for centuries. From their origins in ancient Greece to the present day, comedians can use comedy for social activism making themselves relatable to audiences through laughter, regardless of prejudice or social constrictions. 
It was from Aristotle that we got the idea that comedy was positive for our society because it made people happy. And according to Aristotle, being happy is the final goal in anything we do. I want to thank my listeners for being a part of this podcast series on CMRU.ca. This podcast was created to give you a second look at what it means to be happy. We spoke with an actor about how she defines happiness as an individual and how media can influence how we feel. We drafted a budget for happiness and then uncovered what you need to spend it on to really be happy. And we went all the way back to ancient Greece and discover through the evolution of comedy that humor is one of the most powerful weapons we can use in the fight for social change. I hope that through this podcast, you have discovered how to get more happiness and that you have enjoyed this journey of turning happiness inside out. I am your host, Christian Savard, and this has been Unhappy.